Thank you for joining us here at Second Baptist Church. Today you will be hearing one of our members teach from the Explore the Bible curriculum. The Explore the Bible curriculum is provided by Lifeway and is a curriculum that we use in our Sunday school and Bible study groups at the church. If you are able, we would love to have you join us in one of our groups. Our church meets at 301 Tomberlin Road, and more information can be found at secondbaptistwaycross.com. Thank you for joining us. Well, good morning and welcome to Sunday School at Second Baptist Church, and today is Easter, so Happy Easter, or uh, what we usually say in our family is Happy Easter, because one of the grandkids said that one time, you know, and so we always say it that way. Um, it's a, it's a, one of the pivotal days uh, in our Christian life that we celebrate every year, and it's good for us to remember exactly what this day is about with our study through Luke the way that the book is going to do this is they they've jumped forward to chapter 24 and then after today they're going to go backwards and get some of the things that they skipped and so I'm not going to try to cover the chapters that we skipped since last week um, I'm just going to focus on the lesson that we have for today and then uh, we'll be going back to pick up some of that good information that was that was missed that Jesus said in the days before um, the crucifixion and the resurrection. So it's a little bit strange, you know, to do it that way, but in but to make it fit the dates, you know, that's why they're doing it. So we'll go ahead and get started. The title of our lesson this week is Resurrection, and so we talked last Sunday about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem and um, he has gone through that week now uh, with the crucifixion and so um, following the crucifixion his body was taken down from the cross and given to Joseph of Arimathea who was a a member of the ruling council and a, a wealthy man and had a tomb that had not been used so he went and requested the body of Jesus and it was given to him and along with him it, not in Luke you don't read this in Luke but in other in another of the Gospels you read that helping him in that process was Nicodemus and you remember Nicodemus from John chapter 3 he was the one who came to Jesus at night and wanted to know, um, you know, what must a person do to be saved? And Jesus said, you must be born again. And so it's exciting to see Nicodemus there as a helper of, uh, of getting the body of Jesus, you know, laid into the tomb. Because you realize that Nicodemus must have made that decision to be born again and and to follow Jesus, that's very exciting when you when you see something like that happen. Um, and so, so Jesus' body then was placed in the tomb, and you know Jesus had said on several occasions, um, "On the third day I will rise," or after three days I'll rise. And you know they did not really understand the things he was saying um, about some of those future events. Uh, when he would say them, you know, 
he he was maybe saying something that you know just wasn't a part of their worldview as you can imagine someone doesn't rise from the dead and so um you know they had heard these things but had they comprehended the things that he said maybe not and so um truly then he was uh, laid in the tomb on friday he was there all day Saturday, which was the Sabbath. And then uh, on Sunday morning, which was the first day of the week, um, that he rose. And so th those were the three days. Now, there are people who, uh, scholarly people who dispute or, let's say, um, discuss these things to uh, the nth degree who try to say, oh, well, there were probably two Sabbaths that week, and that's why he said three days, and really Sunday was also a Sabbath, and then Monday was when he rose, and then some other people say, oh, no, he, he actually was crucified on Thursday, and he was in the tomb all day Friday, you know. So, <laughs> for me, I, maybe, my, maybe I'm simple-minded, but for me, I'm okay with believing that he died on Friday, which was the day uh, that the lamb was sacrificed for the Passover and that he rose on Sunday, which was the day that um, the Christians called the Lord's Day after that and celebrated uh, by worshiping him, you know, together on that day. And so to me, those things point to the fact that he, he died on Friday and rose on Sunday. This is a pivotal, the most pivotal point in our Christian um, calendar. Well, there are three. I'll say there are three uh, points of reference that changed the world during this time. And you know those just as well as I do. The birth of Jesus. He came and was born. God came to be with us. That was the birth of Jesus. That was a very pivotal moment in history. The crucifixion was a pivotal moment when Jesus died for sin, all the sin of the world at that point. He died for sin. He died to um, take away the sins of the world. And, you know, up to that point, they had needed to do a sacrifice for sin. And they periodically did sacrifices for sin and, and the killing of an animal, you know. But then when Jesus died, he was the sacrifice for sin. His death was one time for all. Um, and there was no need then after that for sacrifices. Now, some people who did not believe that he was the Messiah and didn't accept his sacrifice would have continued, you know, to do those things. But but his sacrifice wiped out all those previous sacrifices. And then the third most pivotal moment is when he rose. Because then it shows his power over death. He, you know, that, I guess that would be the ultimate power, wouldn't it? Uh, power over the wind and the waves and uh, power over leprosy and, and the things that he had done, power over the demons. 
and he had raised people from the dead. But, but this was the pivotal moment when death was defeated um, and sin was defeated. And then he rose uh, to show his power over death. And so if we don't know anything else about Jesus, if we know those three things, then we know the three most important things besides the fact that we must follow him and accept him to be saved. Um, so let's start our study now. Um, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 24. I'm going to read verse 1. But, er, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. Now the they is some of the women. And, you know, if you read just before this, then you'll see that um, as Jesus died on the cross, his um, followers were standing at a distance, it says in uh, chapter 23, verse 49. You know, they were there. They saw him die as they were standing at a distance. Why would they have been standing at a distance? Maybe because they felt that they also were about to be arrested. As you can imagine, you would think that. Um, and so they were together, but at a distance. <clears throat> and so women were there with them, those women who had been following and helping, um, you know, to feed the disciples and other things that they did. And so then as... Um, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, you know, took down the body or received the body of Jesus. These women, uh, at least they, and we don't know if others followed, but the women definitely followed and saw where they laid his body. And so then they went back and they prepared uh, these spices and ointments, whatever it was that they would put on to a person's body when they died. And would be wrapped and then that you know that was a part of the ceremony and so they prepared all of this but then it says that they waited because the next day was the Sabbath and the Sabbath had come and so they they waited from Saturday I mean from uh, excuse me Friday evening at the time that the Sabbath started all the way through you know until Sunday morning when um, they could come then and do the things that they felt were proper for the body of Jesus. And so uh, they came very early in the morning, came to the tomb and bringing the spices that they had prepared. And that's what this verse um, tells us. Okay, let's read on then to verses 2 and 3. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. Uh, the body of the Lord Jesus. Excuse me, I said it wrong. Uh, and so the stone, you know, there had been a stone blocking the entrance of the tomb. And there had actually, if you read in the other Gospels, there had been a seal put on the stone by the uh, Roman government to be sure that no one came and took away the body of Jesus and said that he had risen or whatever. You know, that stone had been rolled away and 
the guards, you know, fainted out <laughs> because of the fear of seeing that happen in the angel <clears throat> who did it. And then they left and went to go and tell, you know, the authorities or whatever. So the ladies then come and the stone is rolled away. Uh, but when they entered the tomb, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. You know, he's referred to here as the Lord Jesus. And this may be one of the first times that those two words were put together, you know, in the gospel to, uh, to say it that way. And so let's read on then in verses uh, 4 and the beginning of 5. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, I'm going to go ahead to the end of 5, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? So they were very perplexed. I mean, you know, not just a little confusion. I mean, this was, you know, they had no clue what had happened and were probably discussing it there. And suddenly these two men in the bright white garments, uh, boom, you know, were there. And what did the women do? They were terrified and they bowed down with their faces to the ground. Um, you know, I've always wondered, what would I do if I saw an angel? If an angel appeared to me like this with the dazzling white clothing? You know, I, I guess I would do the same thing. I mean, I really don't know <laughs> what I would do. Would you faint? Would you run? Would you bow down? Would you just, you know, sit? I, I, I don't know what you would do. But I can see the reaction of the women as they bowed their faces to the ground, you know, to not even really look at the angels, but in in awe or in um, reverence of the fact that they were there. I mean, they kind of recognized, I guess, what it was. And so let's go on then. The, the angels say to the ladies, why are you looking for the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. And so what the angels, you know, said to them was that miraculously he has risen from the dead. And, you know, they said, why are you looking for the living one? Um, you know, I like the way they said that because it, it's like there's this one who has done this thing. He is the living one who was dead and now is alive again. And, you know, that can't be, that name can't be given to anyone else. Um, even those who may have been raised from the dead, you know, later died a natural death. Lazarus or the young girl and, you know, so those, those were not the living one. But this was, you know, Jesus, the living one. And then they said, he's not here but he has risen. And then they reminded them, remember how he spoke to you when uh, you were in Galilee, while he was still in Galilee. So they're reminding the ladies that, hey, don't you remember the words of Jesus and what he said? He said he was going to 
be killed. And in three days, he was going to rise. Don't you remember that? Don't you remember how he said that? And, you know, they would have been there all that time, and they would have heard those things. And then, you know, suddenly, now it's beginning to make sense that, hey, he was not speaking figuratively or anything like that. I mean, he was saying what was going to happen, you know, and, and they just didn't quite get it at the time, maybe. And so, um, in verse 7, the angels go on to say this, saying that the Son of Man, this is the things that he had said in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And so those were the things that he had said. And, you know, we talked about last week how Jesus had said, um, you know, arm yourself with swords. Or, you know, I, I don't know if we covered that part. No, we, we didn't cover that last week. But it, as I was reading through this week, I was reading about the, the Mount of Olives and the, you know, in the garden when he was arrested and how he had talked to them about, you know, getting a sword and being ready um, because this thing must happen. We'll, we'll come back to that part as in a future lesson. It's so awkward to me to not do it in chronological order. You know how I am. I like to do my things in order. And so this is, this is very awkward to me. But I'm going to try not to allude back uh, too much to all those things. So, you know, they reminded the ladies then. that Don't you remember what he said when he was talking? And he said that he would be delivered into the hands of sinful men. And he would be crucified. And then he would rise on the third day. And so, what did the ladies do in verses 8 to 10? And they remembered his words and returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now, they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James. Also, the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. So, they remembered, okay, you're right. I mean, these what they're saying is what he said. And they returned back, it says, from the tomb. So maybe they had come from where the other disciples were uh, in a house together. And they had gone out to do this. And then they came back there. And can you imagine how um, exciting and chaotic that scene must have been as all of the ladies at once were trying to tell these things to the apostles. You know, some of them um, may have been related to some of the uh, disciples. And so maybe one was trying to tell this person and, and another was trying to tell that person at the same time. And they were just uh, so excited and overwrought almost, you know, with what they had seen and the angels and all of that and trying to describe it. And so um, they were telling these things to the disciples. And in verses 11 and 12, the reaction then of, of the disciples, it says, But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings only, 
and he went away to his home marveling at what had happened. So the ladies were all speaking at once and the disciples, you know, it seemed like unbelievable. Like, oh, these ladies have gotten confused, you know, or whatever. They Did they really see this or what? But then suddenly, you know, it hits Peter and he realizes, you know, maybe all of the things that Jesus had said suddenly gelled in his mind, you know, and he realized that Jesus had said, uh, you know, he would rise on the third day. Or maybe the ladies said that the angels reminded them that, hey, he was going to rise on the third day, you know, but whatever happened and however that thought process was, suddenly it hit Peter and he just jumped up and ran to the tomb and looked in and saw that the linen wrappings only were there. So the things that that Jesus' body had been wrapped in was all that was left uh, there in the tomb. And, uh, you know, in another gospel, one of the gospels, it also says that John, you know, came along with him and, um, and saw these things. And there may have been others too. Once they saw that Peter was gone and running, they may have all headed in that direction too. I'm sure they did. And, you know, there's things in the story that we just don't, uh, that are not written down because they weren't significant to the telling of the story. But yet, you can imagine what might have happened. And so, um, Peter then, it says, went away to his home amazed or marveling at what had happened. You know, he didn't, I mean, where would he have gone um, after seeing that Jesus body was not there and the angels had said he had risen you know what would you do um if you you don't know where he is he's risen where did he go did he go to heaven is he coming back you know what and they were learning all these things as they went along um where we know you know kind of how the story goes they did not and so they were having to experience it firsthand and We'll, we'll study more then, you know, as we go forward, but it is amazing what happened because it was the pivotal, uh, like I said, the pivotal moment for us as Christians to something that we can look back on and we can look back on it every year at Easter time and other times throughout the year and to remind ourselves just like the ladies had to be reminded by the angel to remind ourselves that hey uh, Jesus is not dead he is alive and you know that's something that we must always remember and that we serve a risen Savior and that he is guiding us in the world today, you know, as the song says. So I look forward to seeing you on Sunday if you're able to come. And if not, then um, you'll probably be watching on online to see the service. But I pray that you have a very blessed Easter. That you're encouraged to remember that despite all of the difficulties of this past year, that Jesus has walked with us through it, that he is alive, that he has his hand 
upon the events of history and that um, you know he is our savior that we can trust thank you for being with me and i look forward to seeing you next week